Often respected podcast hosts Scott Corelli and Nick Jimenez met online in 2006 and began podcasting together shortly thereafter, discovered Star Wars Minute in 2014 and launched a Movies by Minute podcast of their own a year later, focused on the Back to the Future trilogy, completing it less than three years later with 340 episodes about the films themselves and five about the Universal Studios theme park attraction from the early 1990s. Received over 100 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, in early 2018 completed 95 episodes Episodes of the Cornetto Minute, dedicated to the Edgar Wright-directed comedy trilogy starting with 2004's Shaun of the Dead, one minute at a time. The show is nowhere near as popular with only four reviews on Apple Podcasts and has been on hiatus ever since. Hey, Scott, how's the hiatus? Well, I haven't been on hiatus. Not exactly. That's right. You've been working on that little side project, Spider or something. Spider-Man Minute. I don't know if I'd call it a side project exactly. I would. You know, I'm surprised you didn't take a break after last season of Cornetto Minute. That's what I did. I prefer to take my breaks behind the mic. Indeed you do. And that's why it's high time such skills were put to better use on Cornetto Minute Season 2. I'm sorry? Hot fuzz. You want us to cover every minute of Hot Fuzz? Yes, lovely. Isn't there a weekly podcast we could do? Oh, no. Can I just stay on hiatus then? No. Do I have any choice in this? No. But I kind of like being on hiatus. You always said you wanted to cover Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I don't remember telling you that. Yes, you did. You said, I'd love to cover Hot Fuzz one minute at a time someday, Zach. <sighs> Fine, but there's no way we can perpetuate the amount of carnage and mayhem in every minute of Hot Fuzz and not incur a considerable amount of podcasting. 115 daily episodes? Not a problem. The Cornetto Minute returns to investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Sanford's finest one minute at a time. It's about to go off with Edgar Wright's Hot Fuzz this November at DuelingGenre.com for the greater good. For the greater good. Hi everyone and welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are talking about the 1991 live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie sequel, Secret of the Ooze, and we're doing it one minute at a time. As per usual, I am Scott Toffee. With me again today for Minute 8 are our panel of co-hosts, Chris O'Connor. Is it Wednesday? Ugh. It's Wednesday. It's fake podcasting Wednesday. Yay. Ooh. Rachel Gatlin. Time Hello. is a flat circle. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez, Chris. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and Adam Sheehan. Hi there. And joining us, our very first guest of the season, let's give a round of applause to Mr. Grant Lowe from the show Gilmore Ball Z. Hi, Grant. You should applaud. Yay! I am great. <laughs> we think so. You come highly recommended from Rachel. Yes. Yeah, uh, Rachel like has lot. guested on our show. Uh, I think by the time this drops, she'll have guested on our show twice. Yeah, nice. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so, Grant, why don't you tell us a little bit about your show, Gilmore Ballsy? I haven't had the pleasure to listen to it yet, although I, I must admit I am a recent Gilmore Girls convert, and I have never watched Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, so. what, what's your elevator pitch? Yeah, okay, so the elevator pitch is that uh, I grew up a huge fan of Dragon Ball Z because that was what all the young boys of my age were at that time. And, Just for reference, what age is that? Uh, I was born in 1992. <clears throat> okay, cool. Ten years my junior. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> so so Dragon Ball Z was a big part of of my growing up and my wife grew up really really loving Gilmore Girls. And so in general we like a lot of the same things but those are just the two things of each other's that we never really understood. And like one is stereotypically a very quote unquote boy thing, one's stereotypically a quote unquote girl thing. So we thought, hey, that's a podcast. So <laughs> we go through and it's not quite episode to episode, but we we usually watch an episode of Gilmore Girls and an episode of Dragon Ball Z Kai, the uh, the edited down version. Okay. And uh, we compare and contrast and it actually ends up being a lot more similar than you'd think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think so that would be very similar at all. So. You'd, yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah, there's a lot of bad parenting. Yeah. Okay. Bad decisions. Yeah, general bad decisions. Uh, a lot of of yelling. <laughs> a lot of questionable boyfriends. Um, yes. Uh, actually, pap. yes. We haven't quite gotten to the part of Dragon Ball Z with the questionable relationships <laughs> yet, but there are a lot of those in that too. Yep. A lot of powering up. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So we get <laughs> well, to. Well, that's, that's what Lorelai does with coffee. So. That's, oh. Ah. 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 Rachel with the okay. next level analysis. Her caffeinated <laughs> level is over nine thousand. <laughs> yeah. Pretty so much. We, we have a lot of fun with that. Um, and uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting because we get to learn about the thing that the other loves and everything. You just see that in real time, and also be perplexed by some of the stranger elements in both shows because both shows <laughs> also have a tendency to go off the rails at weird times. Yeah, I do remember that about Gilmore specifically. Um, so where do we find your podcast? Uh, you can find us on Facebook or on Twitter. Where it's both at Gil- or it's both Gilmore Ball Z at Gilmore Ball Z. Uh, our WordPress is GilmoreBallZ.wordpress.com. But you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, any of those, you know, wherever fine podcasts are sold. And we're also on Spotify and free. Google Play. Nice. Does it make you angry that sometimes I accidentally read your show and I think to myself, Gilmore Balls? You know, <laughs> I think Gilmore ballsy. <laughs> ah, that was that was uh, a, a consideration. We were trying to come up with a good title for the show. And I thought, you know, Gilmore ballsy is the most straightforward option. But then it does look like Gilmore balls when you write it out, <laughs> and especially the Twitter handle, you know, like like Donald Glover. His Twitter handle yeah. looks like Dong Lover. Uh, <laughs> That's great. So I, I did. I was considering that. But uh, the thing that won me over was when I realized that then I could end every episode by doing the same like next time on voice that i do <laughs> that they used to do a dragon ball z so at the end of every episode i get to go find out next time on gilmore ball z well this sounds like a very entertaining show i'm gonna have to definitely check that out um and maybe start watching some dragon ball z i am entertained already <laughs> um but yeah, thanks for having Rachel on your show. She was like, "You got to get this guy on." So I, that brings me to my next question, Grant. How have you? How did you become a Turtles fan? We ask this of all our guests. You listen to season one, I'm assuming, so you know the drill. Yes, uh, I do uh, know the drill. How did you come to Turtledom? Uh, so I came to Turtledom because I had older brothers. Um, I was actually born after this movie came out, so I'm younger than your usual Turtles fan. But my brothers are six and eight years older than me, so. Growing up, they were really huge Turtles fans, and it just kind of rubbed off on me. Um, my first serious experience with the Turtles was actually with the original live-action movie. Um, we had that on VHS, and my one brother in particular loved it, and so as soon as I was old enough to like really get it, he was like, okay, you gotta watch this movie. Ha. And <laughs> so, you know, we, we watched that together, and I, I still love that movie, and that's still one of my favorite interpretations of the Turtles. Um... 
I think uh, I think something that from from a lot of your other guests last season that stood out to me is that I really don't have a lot of experience with the original '80s show. Mm. Um, I remember we had some of the VHSs in the house. I think it was those same like Burger King VHSs. Do a shot. <laughs> yeah. That's uh every time someone mentions the Burger King Kids Club, you have to eat a burger. That's the rule. Does it have oh, to be a is? Burger King burger? Oh, a, a dealer's choice. Okay. A burger nonetheless. <laughs> uh yeah, Well, so- it seems like it would have been much more difficult back then seeing as the, you know, it was it was in syndication for a while, but it would have been much harder to find episodes after probably 92 93 they started kind of waning down a little bit from then so that, yeah that makes so sense. we had a couple of the vhs's in the house and i'm sure i watched them because i was a child with vhs's in the house but i don't have much memory with them um and so just turtles was just a thing that i kind of liked for a while um i kind of watched a little bit of the 2000s animated series and it was I I, I kind of liked it and i watched the um the animated movie that came out in what was that 2007 uh, yeah. 07, I think, yeah. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed that, although I haven't seen it in a long time. I wonder if it would hold up. Um, but then I really got into the Turtles again when I started watching the Nickelodeon show. Nice. So you're kind of like a, a, a old school, but kind of still a recent convert. Kind of, yeah. It, it, it's, it's an interesting perspective. Yeah, I've always liked the Turtles, but I, I, I got really into them uh, semi-recently. Um, cause I watched that and I started reading the IDW books partially because Adam always spoke so highly of them when I was listening <laughs> to this podcast. Well, there you go. IDW, you can send your check to Adam Sheehan, <laughs> right? Um, so that begs the question, are your brothers super jealous that you get to be on our show? You know, I, I'm not sure. I mentioned to my oldest brother the correct that I've been answer listening. answer is yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are. <laughs> uh, Who isn't, right? My yeah, right. my my oldest brother uh, was interested by some of the insights that I I gave him secondhand from listening the little details in this movie from listening to your first season. Well, you should absolutely keep pimping out this show as well as your own because we're always looking for more fans. We're glad to have you on. Uh, how do you feel about Turtles Two? You know, I I know that I've seen Turtles Two. <laughs> Good start. That's a place to start. We had it in the house. I'm sure I watched it, but I never was as into Turtles 2 as I was the original, and it has been a very long time. So all right. for all intents and purposes, you might as well say I haven't seen it. I just I remember I remember Razor and Toka showing up, and I remember Super Shredder and a couple little details here and there, but for the most part, this is a new movie to me. Alright. Well buckle up because it's uh you get some some choice comedy minutes here which i really like uh let's dive into it minute eight starts with michelangelo uh chastising kino and it ends with a lady in a hat walking out of an apartment talking to somebody amazing Uh, hat so the very first thing that i think about here is number one kino is totally not phased really by the fact that there's four giant walking talking monsters yelling at him about getting in the way he looks. He looks kind of phased. Yeah, he's got a what the heck kind of he look. Looks about a little him. perplexed. He, okay, he's a uh, he's a he's a true born New Yorker, much like the cab driver from the first one. Right. I was gonna say yes, he's a New Yorker, but really, April in the first movie, like fainted, flat out fainted. Yes, yeah, but the is, cab driver was just like, hey, it looks like a giant doidle. All right. <laughs> and also, word has probably gotten around to the teenagers of New York that there are giant turtles walking around. Yeah. Ah, like alligators in the sewers from from yeah, the from some. them liberating the Sam Rockwell compound in the first movie. 
Right. <laughs> Fair not point. to mention, I feel like anyone who does martial arts in the city is at least aware of the Foot Clan. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. probably aware of what brought down the Foot Clan. Right. These, oh these man, that would be toils. so much. That, that'd be so much fun. Like at the time, just be like, oh man, we got another one of those Foot Clan jerks coming coming into class. We beat the crap out of him. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> But that begs the question, too, like, again, we're going to go back to this a lot because it drives me nuts. How much time has passed between the first one and this one? Like, has has it been long enough for word to get out on the street? Mm. I don't know. Something to consider. Um, I do enjoy this gag of Michelangelo being an idiot. He's trying to say, hey, it's a good thing we saw you coming in there from across the street. And he gets kicked it by uh, uh, Leonardo, uh, presumably to protect the location of the lair. Yeah, the fact that they're they're staying with uh, April April's apartment, I guess. April, yeah, April's apartment. Yeah, yeah. That's there's right. there really, is no layer. There's this really cute moment right after um, Raph b- kind of bonks him on the back of the head the second time, and where, we get the coconut sound effect. Yeah, but then um, <laughs> Donnie gets like he like puts his his hand, face in his hands and then walks over to to Mikey and asks if he's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the, this this. Really cute uh, Donna Tangelo moment. Yeah, I actually I made a note. I wanted to talk about that. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think he's more concerned with Michelangelo's physical well-being after getting uh, uh, smacked around by his brothers, or by his emotional well-being? I sort of I look at the the look on Mikey's face, and he's just kind of like, "What did I do wrong?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably emotional. He's he's Donnie's being a good big brother. Yeah, he's also doing the thing where he tells them, you know, instead of just randomly punishing the small child, you also tell them what they did wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I Thanks, think Mikey's Dad. probably taken a few kicks to the head. I don't think he's too worried about Mikey's physical well-being at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he's always got that turtle wax when he needs it, so. Mm. <laughs> Waxing his turtle. Yuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was something I definitely wanted to mention because I love the Donatangelo stuff. So yeah. I, I thought it was a nice, touching little family moment. And we don't see a ton of those in this movie, from what I recall. Um, but there's something else that happens in this one. Raphael is the one that starts sort of getting in Kino's face a little bit. And it sort of reminded me of, uh, and bear with me because this is a stretch, Back to the Future 3. It's kind of the inverse of Back to the Future 1. Instead of being Marty's story, it's Doc's story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this one, instead of Raphael sort of being the child, I feel like he's taking on the role of the mentor in this film. And this is sort of the beginning of that arc where he's kind of looking out for someone underneath him, which he wasn't really doing in the first film. He was kind of the one that everyone was taking care of. Uh, so it's kind of that flip the script, uh, put Raphael in a more authoritative position. And this is the sort of the first moment where you get to see that here. Thoughts, questions, concerns? <laughs> <laughs> well, is that a real big stretch? Well, that, that's no. That's interesting to me because I haven't I haven't looked at it myself, but my understanding is that in um in the new new turtle series, Rise of the, of the TMNT, isn't like Raph supposed to be the leader at the beginning of that one? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Again, that might be an equally big stretch, but maybe they're kind of trying to do a callback here, uh, or to, or. They're call doing forward. a callback to here, rather. <laughs> well, I mean, I, th- I think throughout, like in every iteration, there's that tension between Leonardo and Raphael. Oh, absolutely. Where, and, mo- and most often, most most of the time, Leonardo's in charge, but there's always that sort of tension between them where it's like either one of them could be in charge. Yeah, they do kind of butt heads a lot. 
Uh, I like the little callback to Turtles 1 where they all sort of look at each other and they're like, kids, which was Splinter's <laughs> thing from the first movie. There's also some some kind of there's bad puppet blocking in this scene that that's driving me crazy. In the first movie, there was a lot of care taken to kind of disguise and and shoot around the kind of seams and edges. Yeah, the yeah. seams and edges. And there's there's none of that so far. Because like here, can, because it's so much better lit, like you, like yeah. you see like yeah. under their necks, their yeah. heads. It, their heads look like action figure heads, like they're attached in a similar manner. Yeah, a lot I of think, wrinkles, yeah. a lot of. Yeah. Weird skin. I think folds. I mentioned this last week, maybe, but the texture on the turtles looks way more fake in this movie. It almost looks like they're covered in like powder rather than being like slick and like slimy like they were in the first movie. And that bothers me. They look way too soft. And it might be some of the lighting. I don't know. But I think that definitely, uh, to your point, Adam, does not help the hide the seams and things like that. It makes them look a lot more puppety than yeah. real. Because well, the lighting yeah. is so washed out the way it is. Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, like... Chris, go ahead. No, like uh, in some of the shot there, like with, with Raph, like sort of coming towards camera, like the 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 wrinkling around his neck, like to me it kind of looks like... Um, uh, it looks like an old robot from like, uh, you know, Forbidden Planet or oh, Lost yeah. in Space. Okay. Grant, you were going to say? Oh, uh, yeah. I was just going to say, obviously you guys can correct me if I'm wrong because you've watched it more recently, but I feel like... There weren't really very many, if any, scenes in the original Turtles movie where everything was this well lit. Right, right. Almost never. Yeah, and I remember <laughs> it being a very, a very dark movie, um, and using just more of that, that more artistic lighting. And so, yeah, just them being in like a well lit fluorescent shopping mall is yeah. usually going to show all of the cracks. You look at like the shadows here, and it's like none of the shadows are even like black. It's all like these sort of bluish shadows in the darkest parts of the scene, where you can still see the contours and the shapes of everything that are sort of cast in shadow. Um, it, like you look at that close up of Raphael's shell, and it looks super plastic. Um, it's just you see too much of the detail with this kind of lighting, I think, and it ruins sort of the suspension of disbelief. And it's a shame too, because there's really great puppetry going on in this scene. And it's it's kind of hidden behind all of these little mistakes. Yeah, like th um, this all of the all of the puppetry work on Raph is excellent in this scene. Like, um, yeah, the performers are doing a great job, but they're not being well served by the um, lighting and photography. Yeah, yeah, Raph's head also looks too wide for the thin neck that it's sitting on. I was about to all say the exact same thing. He's got a weird <laughs> hamburger head. <laughs> um question i don't remember i thought i remembered some battle damage on the shells during turtles one but Raphael seems like the only turtle that has scars and cracks on his shell in this shot are well, we he did to get assume... thrown through a plate glass window well that was what my question was gonna be are we to assume that that's the damage from the first movie that's sort of a holdover yeah i kind of like that i feel like that's not a detail i noticed a lot it's a nice touch. Uh, it is a nice touch. And there's a few little throwbacks to the first film, but not too many, but that one, that's a good one. I think that one helps tell the story a little better. And I mean, if any, even if it's not specifically a throwback to the first one, if any of them were going to get in a scrap bad enough to damage their shells, it's going to be Raph. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. It's, is it the, the Nickelodeon cartoon where Raphael has the chunk taken out of his, uh, the front shell there? Yeah, that was going to be my next thing. Yeah. I'm, I, I, <laughs> in the Nickelodeon show, he's just got a big chunk out of his shell and like, eh, he got into a scrap at some point. <laughs> that sounds like our Raphael. Oh, yep. Raph. 
Um, so Leo's, as they Leo's the away, one who gets kicked so hard in the throat that he changes voice actors. So as they walk away, Donatella starts singing this tune. And I, being the music nerd that I am, it sounds a little bit like the Mission Impossible theme. It's going from an F sharp to an A. Uh, and he's like, dun, 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 dun. So it's not quite Mission Impossible, but I was like, is he singing something recognizable? Is he not? I think he's just kind of like improvising, but it's a little Mission Impossible-esque. So there you go. There's that. It's a special Donatello theme song that he made up. <laughs> I wonder if that's on the soundtrack. I like his little dance, too. Yeah, it's like a little disco thing. Yeah, there's a movie, and I'm trying to remember what movie it is I'm thinking of, where someone walks away from camera and they're like doing that whole like both arms pointing up thing. I think that happens in a few movies. Yeah. I just can't think of what any of them are. Someone's yeah. like strutting away from camera and ah, oh, it's going to bug me now. I can't remember. But someone does the Donnie dance. Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> Maybe. Saturday Night Fever 2. Maybe. There was a Saturday Night Fever 2. It's it was called just Staying Alive. Staying Alive, yeah. I right. watched it on HBO. It was terrible. I, I would imagine. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, why did I do that to myself? <laughs> um... So like showgirls without the nudity. Kino's on this thing. It's attached to a wire. It's outside. So I weird. Only, I can only assume it's some is sort that, of communication device. Is that one device. of those strange box things that they're trying to make into a Wi-Fi hub? Yes, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, as someone born in the 90s, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yes. It's an outdoor toilet. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so why is he talking to it? Uh, we used to do this thing when we were kids. We never had money for the payphone, but we would call collect. And just say, yeah. Mom, pick me up. Yeah. And then <laughs> um, you accept the charges. Nope. Yeah. Nope. And then just go pick him up. And then yeah. you wait for Mom. There was so, a commercial about that where a guy, he's like, yeah, this is a collect call from Bob. Viata baby eats a boy. And then the guy <laughs> picks up on the other end and goes, no, nah, I don't know who that is. And hangs up. And then his wife's like, who was that? He goes, oh, that was Bob. They had a baby. It's a boy. It's a boy. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I do remember that. I always got a good kick one. out of that. So when I was a young lad old enough to ride my bike around my uh, uh, Gilmore-esque town that I lived in. There was a payphone. <laughs> hollow. Basically. There was a payphone down by uh, uh, what used to be the Silverware Manufacturing Factory Store. Ooh. Oneida Silver was made in my hometown. Uh, but the payphone, my buddies and I, when we were like in sixth or seventh grade, would pick it up and dial like 1-900 numbers and hang up before they told us what they were going to charge us for. <laughs> so you'd get like you'd get like 30 seconds of someone like, hey, big boy, thanks for calling blah, blah, blah. It's going to be $3 a minute and we'll make it worth your while. And then we'd like hang it up and giggle and run away. <laughs> and not to not know what to do with that information. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Kino's on a payphone, and uh, I like that he falls back down the steps to get into the uh, the mall. There, like, yeah, hi, right. I'm a ninja, thud. Uh, I just it it speaks to how uh, uh, frazzled I guess he I is. Think, after I all, I think this might be like a loading dock entrance. Like, this isn't how you get into the mall. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Yeah, because yeah, we established that he enters the seed like on his hands and knees. <laughs> oh, I fell like, over. Might as well crawl the rest of the way. It's like it's like this is the most exciting thing that's happened to him ever. Yeah, I kind of wish we got to see more of the fall, but that's okay. So, am I the it's only a, one who who thinks that Kino kind of looks like a Pokemon trainer? He does. <laughs> oh man, he's Ash. He's gonna yeah, be the he, very he, best. 
Like he's no like, one I've got to catch was. those four squirtles. I got to catch those squirtles. He is very primary colored, isn't he? He just yeah. needs the hat and a Pikachu, and he's Ash. And some badges. And badges. What would yeah. Kino's Pokemon be? What would like Probably. his go-to Pokemon be? Oh, he's Maybe definitely a char- a f- he's definitely a fire trainer with yeah, all that I was red. Say Charmander. That makes what, sense what, to me. What are some of the the fighting Pokemon? Like there's there's some that like uh like kick and punch like fight. Oh, he's got, oh, like he's got Hitmon Lee. Hitmon Lee, Machamp. Machamp, Machoke. Machoke. If, he's, if he's if he's a fire fighting trainer, then obviously his starter needs to be Torchic, so it'll turn into Blaziken, and then he'll be a, a fire <laughs> Wait chicken a minute. that kicks people in the face. Is that one of those right, like guys. extended Pokemon past yeah. the first hundred and fifty that I don't even know about? Yeah, yeah sorry. probably. I forgot oh, I was talking to a bunch of people in a nursing old home. People <laughs> talking to a bunch of old dudes. I I live with Gen One Pokemon, man. See, I still play Pokemon Go, so I recognize who Torchic is. He starts as like. Adorable that. little chicken thing, and then turns into a giant. I had rooster. so many of those little goldfish guys. Yeah, Rachel, you forgot the middle stage where he's a weird, vaguely phallic hot dog chicken. Oh, oh right, I I right. <laughs> All right. I really want to call the episode "vaguely phallic hot dog chicken." Now. Yes, <laughs> I think I think you should. <laughs> I'm making a note. So moving on, Kino comes <laughs> back down the steps, and he finds a pile of dudes. In pantyhose, with one of them hanging from the ceiling, getting what can I? I can only assume is the world's worst wedgie. Mega wedgie. Yeah. This is this is so tropey. Like it, it, this happens in Batman and Spider Man all the time, where like they always knock a bunch of guys out, tie them all up, but one of them is always hanging from something. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they uh, in the first scene in uh, Team NT One, nobody was hanging, right? They were all just tied up, and like they had a funny thing on the head. Yeah, like yeah. a little satellite dome or something. No, nobody was hanging. But this is such a typical thing. I like how his one hand kind of drags across the guy on the top. <laughs> oh, where does it drag across him? Like he's he's hanging from the from the ceiling by his belt, and oh, he's spinning around. <laughs> Oh, I yeah, see but that. it's almost like it's about to drag over the other guy's butt, and then the guy that's hanging is like, nope, I'm not going to touch your butt. I'm going to move it just slightly out of the way. Well, no homo, bro. No homo. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned, because this reminded me of uh, uh, just one of my favorite pastimes in video games, like uh, like old Hitman or anything like that, where you actually, or Metal Gear Solid, where you actually get to move the bodies around. Uh, when I was a very bored young child, I would just move them around to like, like, hey, he's touching the other guy's butt. <laughs> see what funny, so funny positions if- you could put them in. So I, kinda, I could see the turtles doing that. Just like, hey, 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 Mikey. <laughs> hey, look. I made him touch his butt. <laughs> yeah, that guy definitely, as he's spinning, lifts his hand up to not touch his butt. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so Kino discovers the pizza is... Or uh, to not arrest his spin. What's that? Or to not arrest his spin. They may have wanted to keep the motion going for the gag. Uh, and if he had let his hand hit, he would just kind of bounce back. So it's good acting is what you're telling me. Yep. Okay. Congrats to that guy. Kino finds the pizza is missing. He finds some money in there. I always like seeing old money. I mm-hmm. like to see the old Physical $5 dollar bill bills. In there. I know. Ooh. It's and weird. Uh, it looks like the it was maybe like a like a like a $10 or $9 pizza there. Yeah, but, I, it uh, looks about to be about. I, I originally thought six or seven, but it looks like there's a five in there. Yeah, right. those were the there's days. There's definitely a five in there. I definitely see the five. I'd say it's probably like a eight or nine dollar pizza right there. He, he does his expression doesn't look like they left him a good tip. I'll say that much. <laughs> <laughs> All that, and I didn't even get a tip. <laughs> um, 
So we cut to the next scene. It's the exterior of uh, April O'Neil's apartment. We see this woman walking toward camera who we uh, have not been introduced to yet in this film. And uh, on the left side of the camera is yet another cartoonish looking person with a giant hat and very frizzy hair. Mm. We have a couple doing some window shopping. We have some cars parked on the side of the road. We discovered this is Spring Street in Manhattan. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about this lady in the next minute, but I wanted to ask, does anyone have anything to uh, finish out this minute with? Any other thoughts? Uh, well, I, like- I just did a quick a quick uh, Google. Uh, $9 pizza in 1991 $50. is a $16.58 pizza ah, today. I mean, that sounds I, I about right. I went to right. U.S. inflation calculator. <laughs> I just went to whatever the first result in Google was. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like for a large pie, I'm paying between 15 and 20 bucks here in the city. So that sounds about right. I just wanted to shout out to uh, Spider-Man Minute because uh, the Ninja Turtles stole that guy's pizza. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, they paid. They stole that guy's pizza. Yeah, but they didn't leave a tip. But you know it's what they didn't time. do? They didn't take we don't his know wallet. They didn't, we, didn't, we don't know. <laughs> I they, don't think they, they took that guy's tip. wallet. I think he took his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> he took his pizza. <laughs> took that guy's pizza. We're uh, just the Scott Corelli ripoff minute show, aren't we? But yes. I mean, you know, there, there's like this moment where Kino's looking at the money and it's like, you know, kid, you could put it together. You could figure it out. Like the, the the one idiot turtle being like, we saw from across the, you know, we saw from the rooftop, we saw from across the street, you know, where you were going to deliver the pizza anyway, uh, and then <laughs> and then they take the pizza and pay for it, you know, what was owed. It's like, hmm, they had that money ready. They knew what the bill was. Also, he doesn't huh. like go to April's place to follow up and be like, hey, look, sorry, I didn't deliver I'm this. Sorry pizza. about your pizza. Yeah, the giant turtle <laughs> stole your pizza. Do you want to? Oh, refund? that's true. That's He's just really like, whatever. I got paid. Yeah. Who cares? I never thought of that. He, I mean, not to spoil it for Chris, who has not seen this movie in 20 years, he, he does go to April's later in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'd think that he would head over, I guess, after this traumatic event, your head is not exactly on your work. That's understandable. But then he'd have to go back to Roy's and like, Roy'd say, be like what happened? Yeah. Well, my p- the pizza got stolen, but I got paid. But Miss O'Neill didn't get her pizza. What do, you, what do you mean the pizza got stolen? I got Usha, Kino. How'd you lose the pizza? <laughs> I do that because we didn't understand what Roy was saying. Italian accent uh, racism. Yeah, I'm Italian. It's okay. Uh, thinking yeah, back okay. to when I was a teenager on a job, I'm pretty sure something like that happened to me. I'd go. Okay, whatever, and just keep doing my job. I think I mean, uh, the lack of work I think there is is is. Yeah. I feel like in in this instance, all Kino has to be like is I got mugged, right? And then Roy's gonna <laughs> yeah. be like, "Dude, are you okay? Uh, you're not gonna sue me, are you?" <laughs> oh yeah, he did say, "Be careful out there, Kino." Hey, yeah, ooh. that's true. He did warn. Give it a boosh. <laughs> oh man, now I'm curious what like Kino's up to in this intervening time. That's why he took up martial arts. He's been mugged one too many times. Mm-hmm. Leave the pizza, take the cannoli. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take the kino. And that's the part, the only part of that movie I know, really. That's it. <laughs> I mean, cannolis right, are well, pretty delicious. I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap it up for this minute. Grant, one more time, where can we find Gilmore Ball Z? You can find Gilmore Ball Z on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, both Gilmore Ball Z, and you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, just about anywhere that you get your podcasts. Thankfully, our name sounds like a fever dream, so you're not going to accidentally hit something else. 
<laughs> and you can find us at TMNT Minute on Twitter, on Instagram, and you can uh, check out the TMNT Listener Group on Facebook. Subscribe to our Patreon for cool bonus content, and send us one minute of your turtle audio, your rant about Turtles 2, whatever it is you want to talk about. Send it in to us to uh, uh, TMNT Minute at gmail.com and we'll put it on the show. You might hear yourself on our show ranting and raving about Secret of the Ooze. Hashtag Turtle Fan Minute. Uh, For the crew here, for Grant, we will say goodbye and we'll see you tomorrow on Minute 9. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Cowabunga!